what God was wanting us to pray about. It's not even the right thoughts. It don't mean that it was bad. But I'm telling you, child of God, we need to pray and ask God to help us with our minds, help us with our thoughts, help us to think right, help us to see things in the right way. And as I was praying and the Lord led me to these verses, the Lord led me to these verses, I thought to myself, no wonder, no wonder this thing is a battle. You with me? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, here it is, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want to preach this evening on this thought the battle, the battle of the mind. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for the songs that has been sung this evening. I thank you, Lord, for each one that is here. And God, I pray that you would bind up the powers of Satan. And God, that you would be able to speak to us this evening through your word. And God, that you would set us free. God, that you'd let us realize how serious this battle is. Lord, remind us of how serious it is that we pray, that we pray, that we pray, that we pray like we've never prayed before. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And thank you so much for standing. And thank you for being here. I'll tell you how I, or not I, but I'll tell you how the Lord directed my path to these verses in 2 Corinthians. I was doing my Bible reading, and I'm trying to read a book and then read the book again. And if I have to, read the book again. Instead of trying to say I've read so many chapters, or instead of saying I've read through so many books... I'm just trying to concentrate on one book and then read it and then read it and then read it and then read it. And I'm finding that the Lord is showing me some little things by doing it that way. But my Bible reading was in First and Second Thessalonians. And as I was reading through First Thessalonians, there was a couple of verses there that really jumped out. I mean, they just, they just like come off the page. And, and I began to look them up and begin to pray about it. And those verses referenced me to the verses that we are going to look at this evening. But listen to what is being said in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse number 18. Paul said, Satan hindered him. Satan has hindered him to do what was needed to be done. So there was a time that that the Apostle Paul was hindered. 
He, he, was, he was going to do a work for the Lord. He was moving forward for the cause of Christ. And while he was moving forward, Satan hindered him uh, to, to do what was needed to be done. Uh, that means that Satan stopped the progress. It means that he was hindered and it means that he was being held back. It means that when Satan hindered him, listen to this, this is very interesting. When you study that word, it means that he become tired to continue and he become wearisome. He got weary. And you know, the Bible teaches us, and I read this verse this week, don't get weary in well-doing. But let me remind us that when you and I are going through life and we're just dealing with daily life, dealing with daily struggles, the ins and the outs, the ups and the downs, the good or the bad, you and I need to realize that Satan will do what he can to hinder you and I as children of God. He will do what he can to stop the progress. He will do what he can to hold us back. And whatever he can do, if he can get you and I weary, and if he can get you and I tired, just physically, mentally, or spiritually tired, then we need to realize that Satan is hindering the direction that God is trying to lead us in. Can I hear an amen on that? 1 Thessalonians 2.18. 1 Thessalonians 3.5 says, The tempter has tempted you, and he's speaking about your faith. In other words, the devil, the Satan that hinders and the tempter that tempts is, is to pierce through with a trial. It's to scrutinize. It's, it's to entice. It's to lead you and I astray. It's to induce to sin. It's to induce to sin by promises or persuasions. And when I begin to study and begin to think about how Satan hinders, and I begin to study and begin to think on how the tempter tempts, and the reason for that is to stop your progress. Hear this, and then we're going to get into the message. The progress, when you prayed and said, Lord, help me to be closer to you. We're fools to think that Satan don't want to hinder that. When we say, Lord, let me be a better witness, we're fools to think that Satan don't want to try to hold us back. And when you get on fire, when the Lord, when the Holy Spirit begins to stir in your soul, He begins to rekindle a fire in you like we preached and studied on Sunday night, we're fools to think that the devil don't want us to get tired, don't want us to get weary, don't want us to get worrisome, don't want us to get to the place to where we say this, you know what, I was really trying, but it's really not going the way I thought it was going to go, so I think what I will do is I'm going to put on the brakes for just a little while and take me a what? A break. I'll get back at it, but right now I just need a break. That's called being hindered, and that is called the tempter that comes to tempt you even about your faith and what in our life that really needs to be done for the cause of Christ. Amen. That is the verses that led me by reference in my Bible to 2 Corinthians 10 and verse number 3, 4, and 5. So stay with me now. 
Let's look at this battle. This battle of the mind. This battle that takes place, and it's an amazing battle. Because it's a battle that no one else can see. It's a battle that really you can't even see. But it is a battle that is taking place in the mind and in the heart and in the souls of born-again believers. It's a battle that if you're battling in your mind tonight, you can walk into this service and not one person in here will look at you and say, Ooh, they're in a battle. Because it's all inward. It's all happening in here. And though you and I are really good at putting on a front, you and I are really good at putting on a smile, you and I are really good at lying and saying, I'm good, I'm great, God is good, it's good to be saved, but they are battles that rages in our souls and in our minds. And the Lord began to deal with me about this. And I think, I think, if you can see it, if the sweet Holy Spirit of God will allow you to see it, I believe you'll realize how serious this battle really is. Notice this, and we'll get on into it. For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. That phrase that is being used here about walking in the flesh, it just means simply just your walk at large is what it means. It means because you and I live in this flesh, that you and I, this skin that is wrapped around us is our flesh. We was born with this flesh. And we was born with this fleshly mind. We live in it. We are occupied with it. And like everyone else that is in this service tonight, we was all born with the same type of flesh. And we was all born with the same types of minds. Do you understand that? Your fleshly mind is no different than anyone else's fleshly mind. Your temptations is no different than anyone else's temptations. Your trials are no different than a lot of people's trials that they're dealing with. Yes, we are at different places in life and we are different paths, but we all deal with the same thing. It's all common to man. Are you hearing me tonight? It's all common. It's all common in our minds and in our flesh, like everyone who has been born. Imperfections, the best that people can do. We will come short. The best that we can do, sometimes we will still sin. We are wrapped up in this flesh, in afflictions and in sorrows. And because of this, because of the truth, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Because of this, there is a battle. And this battle that is going on, not just with me, And not just with some of you, but this battle that is going on with every single person who has ever been born. Listen to this. The Lord dealt with me about it like this. It is a battle. If you take notes, write this down. It is a battle to discipline. It is a battle to discipline. And boy, that's what we need in our lives spiritually is discipline. That that means, Lord, I need you to help me 
get control of my mind. I can't control my own mind. It's a fleshly carnal mind. But the Spirit of God can help me to get control over this mind, not through my power, but through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us as believers. Amen? Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This carnal mind, this fleshly mind, all that it leads to is death. But that spiritual mind, it leads to life. And not only to life, it means living life, but it also means a mind and a life of peace. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, you know this verse, by the what? By the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The carnal mind. Yes, it's what we're born with. Now listen to this. This carnal mind will focus on desires. This fleshly carnal mind will focus on urges. That's what it means. I'm looking up these words in the Greek. This carnal mind will focus on material. And this carnal mind will always focus on the physical. That's all these minds think about. They think about desires. They think about urges. They think about material things. And these carnal earthly minds, you know what they all the time are always thinking about? It don't matter if you're male or female. These carnal minds are always thinking on physical things. Physical needs. Sex. All kinds of things. That's all these carnal minds are constantly thinking on. We're we're thinking on power. We're thinking on money. We're thinking on sex. We're thinking on houses. We're thinking on land. We're thinking on possessions. All these minds are consumed with is just stuff, stuff, more stuff. See this, hear this, feel this, experience this. Woo, that was good. Oh, that gave me cold chills. Oh, that messed my mind up. Oh, that got my mind in the gutter. Oh, my eyes, oh, my ears. Do you understand and not the danger of this sorry mind that we was all born with in this rotten flesh? Are you hearing me tonight? It's this carnal mind. It's this fleshly mind. And boy, I'm telling you, there's a battle that takes place. There's a battle that takes place, but then there's the spiritual mind. Romans 12, 2, I just read it. That spiritual mind will focus on not your will, but that spiritual mind will focus on the will of God. That spiritual mind will get you off of your physical desires, and that spiritual mind will get you onto the the desires of the Lord for your life. That spiritual mind will get you you off the thoughts of, of this and that and going here and doing that. And that spiritual mind will get you on the thoughts of wanting to spend more time in prayer, wanting to spend more time in the Word, wanting to spend more time with Jesus, wanting to spend more time in church, wanting to spend more time worshiping. See, there is a huge difference between that fleshly mind and that spiritual mind. And boy, I'm telling you, that's, that fleshly mind is death. But that spiritual mind is what? The verse said it's life, it's living, and it's peace. And that's what we're looking for, right? It's what we're after. And every person that's ever been born again still deals with that carnal mind. 
and that battle and that spiritual mind that's trying to lead you and direct you, but that fleshly mind that's saying, I don't worry about that. I don't do that. Was it Paul that said those things that I would, I do not? And those things that I don't do, I find myself doing? Wasn't that the Apostle Paul that said that? He even goes on to say, then it's even like a law. He said, it's almost like, he said, it's almost like the, the harder I try to do good, the harder it gets. He said, it's like a war that's going on in my members. If that's what the Apostle Paul said, then how much more should you and I realize that this battle that we are dealing with is a real battle right here in our minds? Some of you battled with it today. Some of you will battle with it tonight. Some of you are going to be in this church service tonight. The Holy Spirit of God is going to do a work in your heart. And before you go to bed, your old fleshly mind is going to try to get you in the gutter or try to get your mind off on something crazy or try to get you to saying things or seeing things or talking about things or going somewhere that you know good and well God don't want you to even be a part of it. But that old fleshly mind will battle and it'll pull and it'll battle and it'll pull and it'll say, oh no, just one more time, don't worry about it. You know you've been there. Every single one of us has been there. I used to think it was just men thought that way, but it ain't. We all think the same ways. We all got battles in our minds. If you with me, say amen. We got to get focused on the spiritual things, the will of God. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Righteousness. Thinking on righteousness. Thinking on truth. And thinking on holiness. Thinking on the things of God. How are we going to win this battle? Look at verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not, they're not the carnal mind, the weapons of our warfare. That word weapons there in verse number 4 is armor. It's the instrument. It's the tools. And some of you ladies will be able to realize this. It's the utensils. That weapons of our warfare is the armor, the instruments. Men, it's the tools. Ladies, it's the utensils. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's not carnal. It's not, it's, not, it's not pertaining to the flesh. But, look what it says. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. But mighty through God. That means through God is powerful. It's capable and it's strong. We must depend on the Lord. And I wrote this down. If the Lord don't help us, then we're not going to be able to get any help. Because there ain't nothing else going to work but the Lord. That's why it is so important that you and I, when your mind being begins to go down a gutter, and it does, and when your thoughts begin to think about things, and it's not godly thoughts, That is when you and I need to recognize, here it is. Here's the battle. It's real. It's right here in my mind. Lord, I need your help. I need your power. I need your touch. I need your anointing. I need your spirit to come in and to rescue me. I need, Lord, because I realize that it's mighty through God. That means that it is capable. It is strong. There is power. Not in me, but there's power in the God who saved me. And I need you right now, God. Please stop my mind and don't let it go there. Stop it, God, and don't let it go there. 
When's the last time when your mind got all messed up that you was that serious about your prayer that God would stop your mind and not let it go there? Or how many of us do this? Ah, that's just the way I think. That's just the way I've always been. I mean, I'm no different than anyone else. I'm sure Jeremy deals with it too. Are you not tired of dealing with it? Are you not tired of fighting it? Are you not tired of the devil messing with your mind and getting you so distracted and getting you in places of fear and doubt and confusion and worry and anxiety and stress and you think to yourself, another day like this and I'm going to pop. We better get on our knees and call on God because of his power and his strength. He's capable. You're not capable. I'm not capable. But he is capable to help us to overcome these thoughts that are battling in our minds. You with me? Lord, help us. Give me that power, God. Give me that strength. Give me that touch. Give me that anointing. Give me exactly what I need, God. But... They are mighty through God, mighty through God, powerful, capable, and strong. All right, here's number one. Look at this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Here it is. I didn't realize this. I've read it. I've probably preached it, but I didn't realize how serious this was. To the pulling down of strongholds. To the pulling down of strongholds. If you study the word pulling down, and this is what we need God to do in our life. Pulling down does not give the idea of this. Pulling down. Pulling down. That is not the idea of this verse. That is not the idea of this word. The words pulling down of strongholds means this. To demolish it. It means to demolish it. It means destruction. Pulling down of strongholds don't mean you're going to put it down for a little while because if you just put it down for a little while, it means you can pick it right back up again. But when the power of God helps us in our minds, the pulling down of a stronghold is demolition, it's demolish, it's the destruction of the thing. But listen to what it says. This is the pulling down of a stronghold. Look at it. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know what that means? Never realized this before. A stronghold is like a castle. A stronghold is to hold. A stronghold is strong. It's a big word for me to say. Fortification. A stronghold, a castle means, picture this with me now. If you'll picture this, and if the Holy Spirit can let you see it the way I feel that he showed me, I believe we can see why it's called a battle. A castle is not like walking up to a little cabin in the woods. A castle is huge. A castle has been built and things that has been put around that castle has been put around it to protect it. Like rivers or moats or 
trees or rocks. There's only one way into a lot of castles. You guys never built no castle when you went to the beach. You get to sand. Now, you might not build it like I did, but it's scriptural. I didn't realize how I built it was scriptural. You take the sand and you build your castle, however you want to build it. And then I would always take my hand and I would dig around my castle. You ever did that, Jeremy? And then when I dug around my castle, I would always make a bridge across where I dug around. And then the trick was to dig a tunnel under that bridge. And then I would send the kids down to the water with their buckets and they would get water and they would pour it in the trench and it would run around the castle and it'd go under the bridge and I'd be like, success. It was a success. That is the stronghold. The stronghold that you're praying that God gives you victory over. It's not like coming up here and saying, sticks and stones. Do you understand, child of God? It is a stronghold. What the devil and what this flesh has done, it has got our minds in such a place that just going, stop thinking that, is not what it's going to take. You are going to, and I am going to have to get serious when we pray that God would demolish the strongholds. Are you with me tonight? It's, it's, you say, preacher, all you got to do is say, Lord, help me. Yes, sometimes that's all you can say is, Lord, help me. But you know as good as I do, and I know we're getting on prayer, and we need to pray like we've never prayed before, but you know as good as I do, there's sometimes... You've got to intercede. There's sometimes you've got to supplicate. There's sometimes that you've got to get on your face and you've got to pray like you had ever prayed. And you've got to pray that through the power of God, He would demolish that castle. He would demolish that stronghold. He would, he would not just bring it down, but He would completely cause destruction over that thing so that your mind and your heart can get peace and so you can go through this life with victory and quit living like a lost person who has no joy and peace in our souls and it all comes from the battle that takes place in our mind and when we see it for what it is this church don't even compare to how big the strongholds are and you and I can't even tear this building down on our own why do we think that we could tear down a stronghold, a castle on our own? We can't. That's why we need the power of God in our lives to tear down, to demolish those strongholds. It's taking place in our minds. Are you with me tonight? Man, I'm telling you, this battle in our minds is so real. He says it. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty. And they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter number one. Let me show you. Let me show you how strong the enemy and strongholds are in lives. It's right here in the Word of God. When you get to Romans, chapter number one. Especially when you get to the last part of chapter number one. Now listen. I'm going to preach something right here that I know is not 
politically correct. But I'm going to be honest with you, I ain't really worried about whether it's politically correct or not. Because I'm going to tell you, they are people, and you and I have been there, and some of you might be there tonight. They are people who are living in such gross sin, but in their minds, they feel like they're okay. Because they are thinking through their carnal mind and not a spiritual mind. They are people who are living in such wicked sins and even shows up in churches on Sundays. Might even be here tonight on a Wednesday night. Living in such wicked, ungodly sins, but in their mind and in their heart, they're convinced that they're okay. And they're not okay. Because the Word of God says they are not okay. And I want to show you just how big the castle of strongholds are in people's minds and in people's hearts. If you with me, say amen. Romans chapter 1, look at verse 20. I'm not going to read it all. For invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without, what's that last word? There will be no excuses. Without excuses. Look at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither was thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Where's your imaginations at? They become vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became Fools, look at verse 28 to the end of the chapter. And even so they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetedness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. This verse has always troubled me. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. You don't think, church, you don't think that what's going on in lives is a castle? You think it's just some kind of little mole on a hill? You think it's just kind of some kind of little hump that people's trying to get over? No, my friend. What people are dealing with in the last days that we are living in is huge. It's huge. It's not just a little house. It's a castle with a moat around it, with guards, with swords. And the enemy does not want you to get in there and tear it down. You know why? Because if you get in there and tear it down, you'll have life and you'll have peace. And the enemy knows that. Are you with me? 
So if it's that big, if it's that protected, if it's called a stronghold, you and I cannot defeat it on our own. We must have the power of God in our lives, church. We've got to pray like we ain't never prayed. You think that boy's just dealing with a little something. It's a stronghold. Are you with me? You think them people's coming over on Monday nights just dealing with a little bit of addiction? It's a stronghold. You think people that's caught up in, in fornication, it's just a little thing going on? It is a stronghold. You think people hooked on pornography is just a little sin? It is a stronghold. It is a castle with a moat around it. It's big. And when we see that it's big, we realize that we're not big enough to do it, but through the power of God, He can. That's why we've got to pray like we ain't never prayed before. I'm serious. We see people going through things, homosexuality, transgender, all of that stuff. Oh, they just need to get right with God. It is a stronghold. It is huge in their lives. And in their hearts, they do not feel there is one thing wrong with what they're doing. And even if they did feel that it was wrong, knowing the judgment of God, they're still going to do it anyway. Are you with me? It's big church. It's going to take the power of God. It's going to take prayer like we ain't never prayed before. It's going to take some fasting. It's going to take God to do a mighty work, a powerful. He's capable. He's strong. The pulling down of strongholds. All right, I've got a couple more and we're done. Casting down imaginations is next. Verse number five, casting down imaginations. You know what that word casting down means? See, we got the word, uh, we got the word uh, pulling down in verse number four, and we got the word casting down in verse number five. You know what they mean? The exact same thing in the Greek. The exact same thing. It means to demolish, and it means to destroy. But casting down imaginations, that word imaginations is this, your thoughts and your conscience. Destroying, demolishing thoughts and that old conscience that don't need to be thinking and doing what it's telling you to do. Because we need to be following holiness and righteousness and seeking the will of God. Not what this old fleshly mind is telling us to do and us just giving in to it like it's nothing. Are y'all with me tonight? I truly believe God's trying to help us. I believe God's trying to help us, church. If just the ones that are here tonight, if we can just realize the power of prayer and we can realize the power of God and we can realize that we need Him to do a work in us, not because we're lost, but because we're saved. We need God to do a work in us because we're saved. We could leave out here tonight with some victory. You might face tomorrow with a total different mindset. You might get up tomorrow with a little bit of smile on your face and it be real. A real smile. These people in this service tonight don't even know what a real smile is because you ain't smiled really in a long time. God's trying to help us tonight to show us how serious this battle is. It's a wicked world. 
casting down imaginations. It's false. If you study this words in the Greek, it means it's entrenched. It's entrenched. It's that same strong fortification. It's uncontrolled. It's wild. It's evil. It's lustful. It's wrong. It's not true. It's against God. God, I need you. I need you, Lord, to demolish these imaginations in my mind. I had the worst dreams that I have had probably my whole life last night. Dreams. You say, you base a lot in dreams? I can tell you this. They were so bad, I woke myself up screaming. I dreamed something and I woke up. I, I woke myself up going, ah! It was, as, it was as black and as dark as anything I'd ever seen in my mind before, ever. I tried to go back to sleep and it was almost like the enemy was all around me. Just all around me. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. You ever been there? And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I looked over at Miss Tina and I hate to say this, but every now and then I'd hear her go. I was like, we've been married 33 years. That girl's never snored. Last night she was throwing it down. I was like, get it, girl. Get it. And at one time, I just reached my hand over and just laid it on her. And I just kept praying. And I went to sleep. I truly believe I know what happened last night, Miss Sandy. I truly believe that the power of God broke down a stronghold that was trying to get a hold of my mind. Broke it down. Destroyed it. I told Tina, I said, I had some bad dreams last night. Did you not hear me scream? She said, no one, don't tell me about them. I don't even want to hear them. Don't even want to know what it was. Third thing, let's move on. Every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. What does that mean? False doctrine, false teaching. False reasoning, even lies about the Lord. You got to throw them down. You got to get rid of them. You got to get rid of them. Hey, listen, you think, you think in the day that we're living in, people wants to teach and preach false doctrine? You think in the day that we're living in, people wants to get us caught up on something and in something that at the end of the day has nothing to do with anything? Yes. That's why it is so important that we stick to the truth of the Word of God. If you can't find it in the Scriptures, and if it don't reference out somewhere else, and if Genesis to Revelation don't back it up, kick it to the curb, man. Kick it to the curb. Are you with me? Kick it to the curb and focus on what really matters. Focus on who God is. If there's something trying to exalt it, if there's something trying to raise itself up above who God is, it's not of God. Even if it's a person, even if it's a preacher, even if it's your best friend, if they're trying to exalt themselves up here and make them look better than God is, something's wrong. 
Here it is, and I'm done. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. God, you take it. God, you destroy it. God, you demolish it. This should be our goal as born-again believers. This should be all of our goal after tonight's message as born-again believers. Here it is. As much as possible, I want to follow Christ as close as I can follow and ask Him through His power to keep me thinking right. As much as possible, now, you know as good as I do. I'm going to preach this message tonight, Miss Keela. And if I'm not careful, your mind works just like my mind. You and Tina's talked about it, me and Jay. If I'm not careful before I walk out that door right there, I will be defeated right here in my mind. So as much as possible, Brother Cox, my goal should be, God, help me to follow you in your will. And God, you... You are going to have to help me, God, to keep my mind where it needs to be. And if there is a thought that comes in there that don't need to be there, God, show me it don't need to be there. Show me it don't need to be there. Don't matter what it is. If it's in here but it's not of God, it don't need to be there. It can be anything, Ben. You can come in here tonight, sit down, somebody could speak to you, and your mind could just start wondering. If it's not of God, it don't need to be there. And I'd say 99.9% of the time, if it happens like that, it's not of God. Somebody will say something to you, you don't know what they mean. Your mind will get going crazy with you. You, you could look at it in a good way. You could look at it in a bad way. But if it's not a God, you need to say, God, if them thoughts are not of you, I need you to stop them. You ever had any real good ideas? I mean, really, really good ideas? We need to make sure they're of God. Amen? Got any plans? Any dreams? We need to make sure they're God's plans and dreams. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you an example. And I'll be done. I don't know if I told you this already or not, but if I have, just you need to hear it again. I was praying the other day, and I was like, God, use me. Lord, would you use me? Lord, would you use me to be able to preach your word? God, would you use me? Would, you, would, would, your, would your will be done in my life? And I love pastoring this church. I love pastoring this church. I still feel as excited about pastoring here as I did 21 years ago. But I ain't going to lie to you, I love preaching in revivals. I love it. I've told my wife, I said, it wouldn't bother me a bit. When our last little girl gets married and gone and it's just me and her, it wouldn't bother me a bit to preach the revival, come back here and preach, preach the revival, come back here and preach. wouldn't bother me not one bit. I don't know what God's will is, but it wouldn't bother me. And I was thinking the other night, I was like, Lord, I sure would like to preach over here. I sure would like to preach with this preacher. I sure would like to preach in this youth meeting. I sure would like to get invited to go over there and preach. I said, God, I sure would like to go over there and preach for this guy. Sure would like to go over there and be a part of that. 
You know what come to me? Those thoughts are not of me. I was like, what do you mean they're not of you, God? And this is the way the Lord dealt with me. He said, you can make all the plans you want to on where you go to preach. He said, well, or would you rather go where I want you to go preach? Well, that's not a sin. Just wanting to go preach is not a sin. But he said, yeah, but your thoughts are not of me. He said, you, the Lord dealt with me about this. You ready for this? He said, you know when you preached that revival out in Spruce Pine? He said, that guy didn't ask you to come. He said, I asked you to come. You see the difference? Me and Tina was sitting in Asheville Airport getting ready to fly to Destin, Florida, and my phone rung. And there was a man who said, hey, I'm Marcus Benfield. I've been in my barn praying. Can you come preach a revival for a week in Spruce Pine? I was like, sure. I hung up and I said, Tina, I don't really know this guy. Met him one time at a tent meeting. He asked me to come preach a whole week in Spruce Pine. I got there. He come up to me and he goes, I don't know you at all. He said, what kind of Bible are you going to be preaching out of tonight? I should have messed with him. <laughs> should have really messed with him. He said, but all I know is this, preacher. This is what he told me. He said, all I know is this. As I was in my barn, I was praying, and God laid you on my heart, and I don't even know you. You know what God showed me? That man didn't get me to come. God, Brother Don, God sent me out there. That's why he told me, he said, look, you can think all these thoughts you want to where you want to go, but them thoughts are not of me. 